Hello and welcome to another episode of the Comics Pals Book Club. I'm your host this evening, or it's evening when we record. Whenever you listen to this, it could be whatever. Um, I'm Tyler. I'm here with uh, Sean. Sean, say hello. Hello, hello. Uh, Marco. How What's you doing? Up? And Kale um, is here uh, on the astral plane this time. In spirit. Mm-hmm. In spirit, um, turns out uh, you can't really get a, a astral projection to speak on a microphone, so um, they'll just stay with us in that way. I definitely did not want to recreate an entire uh, stream overlay or anything like that because that would take time. <laughs> uh, instead, I took more time to make Kale an astral form. That didn't happen. That's not. That's not what happened. Um, but yes. Well, well- we're, we're trying to get through the book club, so at the end, what we do is we can summon him through through what we re- we've read. I think he's a little busy. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. he's a little busy. I don't think he wants us to put the camera on in his current predicament. <laughs> um, no. Let's just say uh, um, Baron Mordo found a way to food poison uh, one of the pals uh, for this episode. <laughs> Did I throw him under the bus there? Did I, that I out him? Oops. That was a... <laughs> shitty thing for me to do um, <laughs> you're on a roll man i don't expect kale to actually watch this back so i can do whatever <laughs> yeah he won't um, <laughs> yes we are here for another book club and this time we were tackling a doctor strange book i wonder why we're doing that synergy mm, nah maybe there's a little movie coming out uh multiverse of madness yeah, they need to show these these trailers. They're showing too much in that shit. I'm like, <laughs> I know. I didn't even watch the last one, uh, dude. I was trying to watch a Twitch stream, and then they popped up. I'm like, oh, motherfucker! I had to mute it, and then it was a mess. But yeah, we're reading uh, Doctor Strange: The Oath. This is uh, by Brian K. Vaughn, Marcos Martin, Alvaro Lopez on inks, Javier Rodriguez on color, and uh, my favorite name on this list, Willie Schubert on letters. Uh, Willie Schubert sounds like an early uh, Stanley creation, which is why I like it. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's like a for this. The only uh, Willie Schubert mention on a podcast ever. Yeah, but before we get into that, um, I just want to throw some plugs out there. Uh, Sean, do you want to do that instead of me fumbling over it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so if you would like to listen to our main show, whether that's live on Twitch, which you can do every single Saturday at 10, 15 uh, Eastern, or you want to hear it on YouTube, which you can do at uh, youtube.com slash comics pals. Or you want to hear pals polls live on Twitch at 6 p.m. Eastern every single Thursday. Thank you very much, Marco. I got it. I got it. Uh, we've got a lot of great stuff going on on both shows. Uh, pals polls is our review show where we review comics every single week for you guys. Also, we have a whole host of book clubs for you guys to check out. Last month we did uh, Black Mirror, I believe it was, um, and that was pretty awesome. Uh, we've done a, a lot of great ones this year. We did Saga also, uh, so a lot of great book clubs for you guys to check out um, on the backlog. Um, also, yeah, yeah. also, sorry, one second. Also no, wanted to mention Patreon.com slash The Comics Pals. Uh, we've got a bunch of different tiers for you guys to access, however you feel comfortable supporting us. We have cool things available for you. One of those is actually related to the book clubs. Uh, so we're going to be allowing our, I think it's the $10 tier, right? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. We're going to be allowing people at the $10 tier, I Shall Become a Pal, to influence this show. Uh, We're going to be putting up polls for you guys. So this book or that book, maybe we'll each pick one. uh, And whichever one wins will be the book club for the month that we uh, decide. We might even let you guys just let us know what book clubs you want us to do, and you'll get priority on that. So we've got a lot of cool stuff coming as far as the book club is concerned and giving you guys a lot more control over the books that we actually do. And um, if you're a patron, you probably watch this earlier than most people because you'll be getting this earlier. So yes. um, I, I rub that in people's faces, I guess. Like if you're at like the <laughs> deli or something nearby and like the guy asks you, like, you know, what do you want your sandwich? Be like, well, I don't care what I want my sandwich. I got to watch a Comics Palace book club episode earlier than normies did. Um, and then the guy <laughs> would probably be very confused uh, and just ask you like turkey or, you know, do you want Swiss? And then it would, <laughs> don't do that. Don't, that's, that's a mess. I wouldn't do that. Uh, it's an awkward human interaction, but uh, yeah, those are the benefits of being patrons with us. So uh, I'm excited Outboard. and a little, I'm excited and a little scared if we put that, uh, that we're, we're giving them that power. Um, who knows? We'll be reading ultimatum. Oh God. If, if that's you the case, it. I think I just doomed us guys. Onslaught guys. Why would you guys? I mean, even good good for you, there. Marco. You're this you're is... ready. You're already read up on that one. Marco will host it. Yeah. <laughs> have you i feel like you've mentioned that even before we've done like what back when we chose the the book club i feel like you've, you've thrown onslaught out there and we've shat on it but probably yeah Just yeah but you know what you know what we're not we're not doing onslaught we're doing doctor dr uh dr strange there you go and uh this is uh oh one thing i didn't write down the, the year that this came out um let me see if i can get that I think it was 2006, 2007. Yes. 2006, yeah. 2007. So this would be right around pre-Civil War. Um, this book would, Just have, about. would have come out right on the cusp of it. It might have even overlapped a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a story of uh, Dr. Stephen Strange, and it's really kind of a, a three-person um, team up book where it's him, Wong, and Night Nurse trying to solve this mystery of a stolen elixir, and it kind of shoots them around uh, New York City and trying to find down and chase down this elixir. Um, and it's um, it's weird because one of the things that really jumped out to me with this book, and one of the things I wanted to talk about, was this really is a different Doctor Strange. Than, I guess the modern day strange in it, it, in reading this after, you know, reading the the death of Doctor Strange, which we've, which we've talked about on the on Pals polls, and you know, I guess more modern strange. Um, this is a completely different character. It feels like um, there is not as much of a jokiness to him. Um, he's a lot more. I guess removed from he's not a people person in this at all. He's kind of a fucking asshole in this, um, which even like the MCU version kind of um, drives home, but he's still a charming asshole. He's not very charming in this, which the last page kind of confuses me, which we'll get to. Um, but I thought that was a, a, a big, a big deal because I can see how they needed to change strange, even though they made him a little bit too much like Tony Stark in the MCU, but this version, Dr. Strange, the classic version of strange, um, 
Well, it's really interesting to kind of get, jump back into that character for me. He's um, self-absorbed, and I think uh, I don't know that I saw too much of a, I guess, hmm, like a divergence in character necessarily. I think he can be uh, sort of an asshole every once in a while. Um, I think it sort of depends the situation. I think he's a bit more affectionate towards the people that are around him, whereas here he's a bit yeah. colder. Um, you know, he's uh, he gets sort of this tunnel vision. Uh, one of the first examples is, and I think in the first issue, they're going through, they're in Chinatown, and they're sort of looking through this old store, and you know, he's in the middle of like looking through and trying to find this artifact, and all of a sudden these people come in, they close the door, um, and he doesn't even notice that Wong is in the process of fighting and taking care of them. You know, in, yeah. in, uh, in something like uh, the most recent uh, Death of Doctor Strange that we've been reading, or that we had read um, some issues for, for Pals Pulls, the, the interaction there would have been much different. He would have jumped in to help. He would have, you know, had some semblance of worry for his friend. And uh, in this, he's just kind of just like, oh, well, thanks for doing that. I got to go, you know, and leave you to deal with your dizzy spells and leave you to deal with whatever is <laughs> going on. Your brain tumor. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> he's like, sorry. And um, that, I think, it it doesn't fit with the character as we know him now. But I do think that it's an aspect of Strange that sort of still exists. Um, the Mark Wade run a few years back. I think sort of characterizes him in a similar way where he's kind of standoffish. He's a bit of a jerk. And unless you're sort of um, on his level, he doesn't really give you the respect that you just probably deserve as a normal person. Was that the um, uh, outer space strange? That's the one where it's the, like the machines and um, the, the anti magic. Although that was, it was that Jason Aaron's run. Oh, that might've been it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they overlapped at one point. So you might, it might, you might move both might be right. But yeah, um, it, I think it would have been that one. Um, but yeah, the, that that character I think can be malleable in that way and exists. In this one, it works. It's fine. It, it's you know he's not necessarily off putting, but you do notice that he can be an asshole. So this is the this is like the earliest Doctor Strange anything that I've read to this point. Um, my interactions with Doctor Strange were very limited at this time. I think the first time I ever saw him in a comic would have been um, in Civil War. The one panel I think that he's in where he says that he's not going to partake um, and he's just going to meditate on it. That was my only <laughs> interaction with Doctor Strange. The so Swiss motherfucker. <laughs> um, that, that Doctor Strange, even that Doctor Strange, which is only, it's within, within six months of this, feels very different than this version of Doctor Strange. Uh, this version of Doctor Strange feels to me like it's a deliberate throwback mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to a version of him who's allowed to be a little bit more brash, a little bit more of a womanizer, a little bit more of a douche. Um, and I think that Vaughn was deliberately trying to tap into that. Um it's just because unless unless it was Marvel's decision, Doctor Strange is portrayed very differently than this right after. 
you know, yeah. um, unless it was deliberate, I don't see why else you would be this way here and different elsewhere. Um, and I like it, but I don't like it, I guess. Um, it's it's wild to me that we're seeing him be this much of an ass after he's the Sorcerer Supreme and after you think he's learned all these lessons. He's just a douche. And the relationship that he has with Wong is too master servanty for me, which, you know, oh, maybe have, that's I modern brain thing, yeah. but it's like, whoa, this was like heavy. heavy. Um, well, well, saying that you didn't really care much for the way he was characterized in this, how would you, I, I guess, what are your overall feelings on this, this book before we dive deeper into it? Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's solid. I think that Brian K. Vaughn has something to say and the premise of the book is good it's interesting um because of the real world applications i think where the book falls apart is where it tries to apply the magic aspects of it to the science and have one explain the other we'll get to what i mean by that yeah. but um there are just some things that are they just don't make any sense and some of Doctor Doctor Strange's ultimate decision in this book is absurd, and it would ne- it would never be made. And to me, he's the villain of this comic book. Interesting. Okay, Margo. I'm I I enjoyed it. It was um, it was a fun read. I don't think anything from like a um, a panel layout or from just like a pacing perspective there was anything wrong with it. I think. That was all well done. The art's really, really good. I have some issues with colors that we'll get into, but I mean, yeah. Otherwise, it was, um, it was a good romp. Um, nothing exceptional, but it, it kept my attention. It kept me hooked enough to read it, and um, it's nice and short. Five issues. You can kind of come in and then um, blow through it, and you come out having a good time. And I think the one thing for me was probably the villain. And we can touch on that mm-hmm. um, in a little bit, but yeah. Otherwise, no issues for me with regards to the story. This is this is something I'd probably you know hey, you want to read some a quick Doctor Strange story. This is one. Yeah, for me, it's like I think it's like a really solid five issue book, and I think it, it's solid because it, it it tackles I would say the two biggest things that it, that that are important to Doctor Strange. It's the idea of hubris. And the idea of science versus magic. I think those are very two integral themes in Doctor Strange. And this book tackles both of them simultaneously. Um, and actually interweaves those two. Um, so as a Doctor Strange book, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's very... I think it's like one of those books that, that I think you could recommend someone. Like, hey, you like Doctor Strange? Here's five-issue book. Have fun. As opposed to like, oh, here's a, a, a long-ass Jason Aaron epic. I think that was like... 30 issues or something like 30, that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Minimum 25. And I think it still maintains, yeah, it, it feels different than the modern iteration of, of Doctor Strange, even though I, but I do think those like core elements are still there. I think the personality is a little different, but those core elements are there. Um, I think uh, Marcos Martin is a very classic artist. I think it is hard to not like Marcos Martin. I agree with you, Marco. Um, I think the, the coloring is a little weird. Um, this feels like early. I mean, 
I also might be reading, I don't know, it might be recolored in the Marvel Unlimited app or something, but this feels like early digital coloring to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know Javier Rodriguez would do it much differently, I feel, currently. Like, I've I've, I've read uh, Untold History of the Marvel Universe, um, which was uh, Marcos Martin, I believe it was Javier Rodriguez, too. Much more flat. It's not this kind of... Coloring in this is used to add shape and form, which I it makes things look kind of Play-Doh-y. Does that make sense to to you? Yeah. There's like there's like um this usually like a bright spot somewhere along the body and the form where you're looking at, regardless of what it might be. There there is no semblance of like a flatness. There's always this sure yeah. um like a transitioning of of color to add that depth. Yeah. Sean, I'm kind of curious about how, how you feel about Marcus Martin. I, I say it's a classic artist, but I do feel his art can be divisive. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, so I read this from the perspective of this is not supposed to be Doctor Strange right now. This is like a this is deliberately trying to look and feel like a classic Doctor Strange story. Uh, and in that context, I think that Marcos Martin works really well. Um, I think that Doctor Strange very much feels like a, you know, what, like a Silver Age character. Um, and Martin's art gives me that. It echoes that um, with the 2006-ish era flavor as well, because there's a lot of stuff that are like, you know, earmarks for that time. Um, and I think it works. It's not, it, it didn't knock my socks off, but I do think it works. I think there are some really cool moments. Uh, one where it's it really the, I think the, the coloring is carrying this moment, but it's where Dr. Strange is, is lit by the, th- the thunder a little later mm-hmm. on in the book. Um, you know, there's, there's some really cool moments. Um, and I, I like, I like the shots that he chooses. They feel they. It feels like this was trying to be an iconic, definitive Doctor Strange story, and I think the art succeeds at that for finding the ways to show him that make him look the coolest uh, and picking the best spots. That's not easy to do, and I think it was done well here. Yeah, without even trying to really break the mold either in terms of paneling yeah. or anything like that. Like I've seen Marcus Martin do some crazy ass paneling. This is very. To the point. It's not, you know, traditional nine panel panel Tom King grid or anything like that, but it's nothing nothing fancy. Right. The fanciest thing is Doctor Strange's cape in this whole thing. Straightforward. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's easy. He gets, to he gets called a fancy a fancy man at one point in this book too. Um, yeah. No, I'm I'm a big Martin fan. Um, but in terms of like a, a, a Marco, did you were you gonna say something? Yeah, I, I just um, one of the artists that especially now when he's colored really flat. Um, I think that's where he sort of shines because he, he brings that's that. So good. Yeah. It it brings that like Silver Age sort of. Yeah. He he reminds me of um, ugh, oh my god, I almost said Darrington, who was the other artist on um not Mitch Jared's but for Strange Adventure, I'm blank. Oh, Doc Shaner. Um, yeah. Doc Shaner, where like yeah. Shaner has sort of that face structure. I think here there's a bit more, uh, there's more lines to a lot of it, so it adds a little bit more texture to faces and to bodies. But when he's colored flat, that's whatever. That's sort of what yeah. I imagine is that kind of feel and, and look. 
it's like Alex Toth by way of like European comics, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which uh, that's why I love uh, Marcus Martin. Um, but it, you know, you mentioned how this is more of a classic look, and the way, the way the books, you know, the panel layout and the drawing of it is a little more classic take on it. I think one of the classic themes it tackles in this is hubris from two ends, really. It's hubris from Doctor Strange's end and hubris from his the antagonist of this book, which I think was a little lackluster, but it was a uh, Nicodemus. Um, I don't remember his his last name in it, but uh, Nicodemus, which is yeah. Um, it was a bit of a retcon, which I had to kind of get past. Mm. Um, the fact that uh, the person who uh, helped repair Doctor Strange's hands after the car ac- car accident as best as he could. Um, also went to the ancient one and got, you know, mystical <laughs> right. powers, which I was like, <sighs> it, it draws that line between like, really? But also that's a very comic booky thing to happen. You know, it's, yeah. it, it kind of toes the line there. Um, but the idea of he, you know, Dr. Strange is getting over his hubris. He is, you know, learning to as much as he can. He's still a bit of a pompous ass in parts of this, but as much as he can, he realizes, you know, he doesn't have all the answers and he can only do so much. Whereas Nicodemus is a, is a guy who is refuses to put the blame on himself and constantly tries to, you know, he gave up his, his training. He wouldn't blame himself for killing some cancer patient. Um, so uh, seeing that dichotomy here was a pretty good way of tackling a key Dr. Strange theme in five issues, in my opinion. It very much felt like uh, Brian K. Vaughn was trying to lay the lay the foundation for, um, you know, what you could do if you were going to do like a Doctor Strange movie, how you could tell that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's 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 a Doctor Strange primer. If you've never heard of or read Doctor Strange before, or you've only seen Doctor Strange in the movie, you can read this. And you get a villain who is a mirror of the hero. You get a story that explains to you what the hero's about. You have the fact that it shows that he's a womanizer because of his, you know, not a womanizer. That's kind of harsh, but like a gregarious guy who gets who gets girls like a James Bond type of guy through his relationship with Night Nurse. And you see that he cares for Wong, his, you know, best friend, trusty Alfred guy. Um, all of that stuff is just baseline Doctor Strange. And for that, even though the villain is lackluster, I think, again, it makes sense. Can you really establish this, like, incredibly, you know, interesting and deep villain while also trying to tell this, you know, primer story for Doctor Strange and interlay this, you know, science and, and magic and all this different stuff? That's a lot to do in five issues. And I think for the most part, Brian K. Vaughn does do a good job, but there are places where I don't think it succeeds. Yeah. What yeah. what places in particular, Sean, if I can push you a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so one of my big issues was the idea that it felt like there were some spaces where it's like, okay, well, Dr. Strange just can't do this. Because he just can't. Like, mm. he can't, there's, a, they, they say he can't uh, generate science or uh, tools of science. Yeah. W- why not? 
you, you know, like that just seems really, really. <laughs> it's just magic rules. Yeah, um, that that just didn't add up. And then also, um, the the Hitler gun that was weird. I um, <laughs> I love that part. It's funny, but it's weird. Uh, but but the other major one is, and this is so critical for me, is that Doctor Strange would choose not to create the cure for cancer. Um, that I just could not really accept. Um, mm. That doesn't really feel true. And I think that that is like, oh, not a, it's not a hole in the story, but it left me feeling a hole. It left me feeling unresolved. It was too clean. Okay. I, I took that as, because I think before that he has a whole um, discussion with, um, which is face Nicodemus about the, um, like the Hippocratic oath and the the worth of a person over anything else, mm-hmm. and I, that that precedes the ultimate um, action on on Strange's part is choosing his friend, and because his his oath is not to necessarily the people who are um, who might need it, but to this person who he has under his care and has for the past, you know, five issues of this story. So for me, that kind of connected, like I, I got that that would be sort of the, the end. And, you know, that's the result of it, especially after he falls off the building. I'm like, Oh, okay. The thing's going to break. And, you know, he's going to, he's going to pick Wong because that's part of his progression and growth. And also, you know, he's, he's had this whole conversation about, protecting the life of and choosing the life of a person because he had he helped one person in the past you know it would have is his future would have turned out differently um and so that was sort of reflected in um him saving wong for me so that that part i think meshed well for me but see the issue with that is that he was it wasn't that he was choosing not to focus on one person because there was a bigger picture in in a in a way of helping people there was a bigger picture in, in his career so he was just being selfish which is not different than him not than him choosing to save wong he chooses to save wong because he cares about wong as a human not because he has to save one life because if that was a random guy he probably doesn't save that guy so it's just the same selfishness playing out in a different way for me, the reason why that whole angle falls apart is because the boundaries of the story being a Marvel comic story would not allow for him to ever actually choose to cure all disease. So this is a false premise to begin with, and it sets up unrealistic stakes because you know from the second the MacGuffin is revealed how the story will end. And I don't think that anything happened here, actually. And that's kind of the problem. I would, I'm going to throw this out there, and, and this might be a stretch. Yeah. But I think a majority of this book is a romance story between Doctor oh. Strange and Wong. So hear me out. I think Doctor Strange, at his core, is a character created who is very much coded as gay without ever it being in the text. Two older men, one who looks like Vincent Price, who live in Greenwich Village together. What? What ride that is, are that we is, on? That is 
but that that is that is like during that time of the creation that would have been something that happened. Uh, Greenwich Village is a part of New York City that was really um, kind of at the forefront of the gay rights movement at the time, especially during when Doctor Strange was created and the, the Doctor Strange lore progressed. Um, there are multiple parts in this book where their relationship is referred to as a romance, jokingly, but it happens multiple times throughout it. Um, there is a couple of moments where I think specifically the one where, uh, you have, uh, that non magic battle between Nicodemus and strange where, you know, he says, well, Wong wasn't always, isn't just my servant or something, my manservant or whatever. Um, he's also my master in a way. And then that's putting them on equal footing, which I think, um, is kind of showing that they're, 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 they're not just master servant. That's not the dynamic. There is an equalness that they share together. Um, that gets totally thrown away at the last moment of this book where he kisses the night nurse who I don't think there was any kind of romance going on throughout the book. Um, but it's also a mainstream Marvel book in 2006. So of course they have to keep him coded in a way. And this is something that's been dropped from the character completely. Um, but I think, I think at its core, I think there is a, a, a codedness to Doctor Strange as a character, which I kind of see in this this whole miniseries. Um, and that's why he chooses Wong, because he loves him. I think that's really. a hard read, dude. I, I can see it. I don't necessarily agree that that's sort sure. of the subtext. I think the subtext I couldn't get that out of my head when I was reading it. I'm like, yo, this, this shit is gay. This is the good gay shit. I think that there is a love there. Uh, I don't think it's a romantic love. I think it's him genuinely caring for this person who he's otherwise seen as a servant and realizing that this person is a, an actual person. And it wasn't until it was revealed that he had cancer that he's like, wait, I yep. probably treated him like shit. And, you know, I'm going to go through whatever ends I possibly can in order to rectify something. And in this case, curing his cancer. What do you think, Kale? Huh? Oh, I can't. I can't believe Kale would say such a thing. Jeez. Wow. I didn't know you had that in you. That was really concise. <laughs> Kale, concise. There was at least five ums in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the seven. Oh boy. Um. Yeah. I. I. I think. Um. I think that. I. I would love to hear what Brian K. Vaughn would say about this part of the conversation um just what exactly he was trying to get across because i really i i contend that the end of the book negates the journey that they're telling me that dr strange is on and for me that undercut the whole rest of the story and i could never get it out of my mind that i as i was reading this what i thought was an interesting story um and and you know putting these two concepts against each other um and just seeing how that weighs out knowing that it could only end one way was frustrating it, in that regard it felt too straightforward for what it was dealing with which was supposed to be you know these two big ideas but also like the, the more you, you delve into it the more it's like oh what is an actual dosage of this thing you know he couldn't cut that drop in half and then split it you know right yeah. yeah, and then like it's just like all right, well, but just that, reading but it that's, as the text, yeah. 
but that's that the problem with it is that it be, it can it does expose itself to that scrutiny because it's so basic like there's not like any person could could read this and go wait he couldn't solve this he's dr strange what the hell he got shot by a gun and it worked he's dr strange what the hell it's hitler's like, gun yeah hitler's gun <laughs> i believe it was a uh, oh, it's like a, a Wal- Walther or something like that. I, I I used to know the type of gun Hitler had. Just fun facts. Just yeah, yeah, Hitler's real fun gun. facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that what we're doing here on the podcast? <laughs> was it a MG forty two? Maybe that's what it was. All right. All right. I played a lot of Call of Duty World at War. Okay, that was a, P- a sawed off shotgun type. Walther P thirty eight. That's the word. That's the one I'm thinking of, Marco. There we go. Thank you. Um, but the idea of like that something a gun is science essentially. Um, it it it, it, be- yeah. it can become so evil in and of itself that it gains mystical and magical properties. I was eating that shit up. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense to me. That that was cool. That that I think that it can it can an object can harness some sort of evil intent that can then be used on somebody. I'm like, okay, fine. That that works for the magic end of something. You you curse an object easy yeah and it was like uh dr strange shows up shot and he's like what 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 managed to shoot you uh it was hitler's gun i was like yeah okay yep mm-hmm. i'm not gonna question that that makes sense to me the, the the one thing about the villain like the reveal was so flat because even when they yeah. have and i'm forgetting the, the guy's name whatever his the guy all in red uh, Hilt brigand or something like that. Something? Oh, oh, brigand. Yeah, who I don't. I've never seen in a comic before. <laughs> but when when he's like, and you know, my master is, and then Nicodemus comes out. And they're like, who's that? And you're like, yeah, you're right. Who is the fuck is that? Like, what what are we doing here? That, that was that fell. That was a fart. That was a wet fart. Sorry, <laughs> the the only thing I could think of that it was it. I felt like it was maybe a swerve. I think they were building it to be that the person that was fighting him was the guy who, who he uh, denied uh, cancer help to. I think yeah. it was being built as that. And then it swerves like, Oh, it was the, the guy you thought was good the whole time. Um, but again, I don't think it hits that well as a reveal. Yeah, exactly. I think once we actually get into the character and we learn more about him and we get the whole villainous, you know, mustache twirling, you know, MO at the end there. I was like, all right, okay, I get it now. But yeah, I agree. The, the reveal was kind of lackluster. Yeah. And again, all those things work in a very basic way. But I think, um, you know, if you're looking for a little more depth from your comics, uh, this one doesn't really give you that. But it is fun. And that part of it offsets some of that lack of depth. Like, I really enjoyed Night Nurse throughout this. I've never read a comic book where Night Nurse was a character. Most of the time, she's just, if she's in it, she's just hanging around. She's not really a main part of the story. So it was cool to see someone else uh, be a part of this in an interesting way. Um, and I like the, the, you know, Dr. Strange is almost a God. He's not really presented that way in this comic book. Um, that's more of a modern thing with doc, but uh, you know, he's got godlike powers and she's just a nurse, you know what I'm saying? But she's ready to strap up just as much as he is just as much, as Wong is, and I like that. Would she have survived this situation? Probably not, but that's okay. Yeah, as soon as that <laughs> no. tentacled demon grabbed her, her ribcage is done. 
I don't care. Yeah. Bro, as soon as the, what is it, the Stark droids, security droids popped out, <laughs> like, that's it. They would have squashed her. <laughs> Goodbye. Yo, and then Goodbye. the fact that her costume was hanging on like a thing, she's like, wait, let me get changed. Yup. Boom. What are you doing? There's Ratchet costume. Here we go. <laughs> that's the lazy ass Halloween costume nightmare. Uh, but, but I like her. I like her as like the kind of the third character in this, the third main yeah. character. She she adds a yeah. Doctor Strange, especially previous to this, was a very like he would go into psychedelic worlds and dimensions and shit. And like that's the stuff you would read if you were, you know, on peyote or some shit like that. Where this is a much more ground level Doctor Strange, which I think since then we've gotten plenty of. Um, we've gotten a street level strange. Um, but I think up until this, this is, this was kind of a, a change of pace for him and adding night nurse to it to kind of ground him. Cause even, even Wong added Wong is still a little, he's a little out there. He wouldn't say Wong is a grounded character. Uh, night nurse adds that kind of human, uh, earthbound element to this yeah. uh, that I enjoy. I mean, and also, like, there, there is this whole book really feels like a Sherlock Holmes book. I know they make that reference throughout it, right. but it really is Wong as, you know, Watson uh, and um, Strange as Sherlock, where, like, Wong kind of fixes things in the background while Strange is busy thinking too much in the yeah. foreground. It's a typical Sherlock Holmes dynamic, and uh, I don't know too much about Sherlock Holmes, so I don't know if there is a... Uh, analogous character for night nurse but um that's how how it is there um oh yeah great anecdote kale <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. god so turns out he knew sherlock holmes while living in uh in england yeah he yeah he met yeah. him at one point just yeah. like i met tupac so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what to say man um it's your wildcat marco <laughs> yeah that's my costume for halloween that's it so that's blackface the... don't do that <laughs> wow wow that's what we're doing um so the, the issue where we get the whole explainer on uh nico demas and his whole story um sean not to stop you but do you keep thinking of that dave Chappelle sketch uh, whenever you see uh yes, yes I do. I absolutely do. <laughs> Negro Domus, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't like not read it throughout it. Uh, absolutely, please. Um so <laughs> whenever uh whenever they explain Nico Demas's <laughs> story, um I just felt like it went on for a while and at the end of that, Doctor Strange is just like, "Yeah, all right, I'm, I've had enough of this," and he bashes his face into the mirror <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, dude, you made us, the the reader, suffer through this dude's whole life story when you could have just bashed his face. See, Thanks a lot, Doc. I think that's the most MC like post MCU thing in this book. You can't tell me that you wouldn't see that in some Doctor Strange or or Guardians of the Galaxy movie where like the villain explains something way too long and then just gets slapped for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely, just, I definitely can see that. The real estate is like exactly. That was and a good half of a five issue. You know, half of an issue of a five issue series. Right. It's way more damaging to do something like that in a comic book than it is in a movie, and we didn't need all that. Like we could have. There's a way to do what what they did here 
uh, that doesn't require you to use up all this real estate. And I think that, you know, again, knowing you only have five issues, you got to pad that out. This felt like a pad session. And it was in issue four. It was seven, eight pages in issue four. Yeah. <laughs> you just did the math rough. there. Yeah, I just counted them out. Um, I will say there there is one page turn in this book that really was like, yo, what the fuck? That's fucked up. Um, it's where uh, Dr. Strange says, uh, so, so Wong asked Dr. Strange, so where does our investigation begin? Strange says, in the most uncharted and forbidding realm of them all. Uh, uh, flip the page to welcome to the Bronx. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Really? Bro, you, you been like in the Bronx? That? I pretty much was, was raised right next to the Bronx. I used to go to the Bronx all the time. I have family you there. You get it. You get it. It's not like he's on Grand Concourse or something like that. Like, he might as well be. Who knows? Uh, that's, Listen, that's bro. Risky. Doc, that's risky. That might Dr. Be Strange is it. a resident of New York City. He knows... <laughs> that the Bronx is unsafe. Yeah. yeah, good luck. Good luck sending a guy from Greenwich Village to the Bronx by foot, dude. Yeah, yeah. You, you ever been to Riverdale? Uh, Riverdale's yeah. a different than the Bronx. That Riverdale's its own section. No, dude, Triggerdale. You know about that? Oh my god! <laughs> Come on, that's like you know about that. That's like south and then towards like little water and stuff. <laughs> Riverdale's where like all the old old money is though. Like if, if Doctor Strange was going part. anywhere in the Bronx, he'd be in Riverdale. Honestly, certain parts of Riverdale. But well, all right, okay, that's what you uh, say. But uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was you know a funny little little moment. I actually think it helped to uh, bring it closer down to earth too. Uh, the fact that it was in the Bronx, just knowing the Bronx is like the earth. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's raw earth there and uh i just felt like it, it it kind of you know brought the book down a little i like that i think that's one of the the strengths of the book that it is a more grounded dr strange book and it's not going throughout all these dimensions to fight dormammu or nightmare or anything like that and yeah they tease that in this you get you get some nice you get a nice page of dormammu drawn by marcus martin and like a cool nightmare page yeah. but it's just like a red herring and I like how we got a little bit of a, a sampler of the dr strange uh, rogues gallery in this without actually having to delve into that that whole world and really it's dealing with a pharmaceutical rep and a, a, a robber like that's that's who <laughs> dr strange is fighting in this i, I kind of wanted them to do a bit more with that the the pharmaceutical end aspect because it looked like there was a larger message that like there there was a message that i think uh Vaughn was trying to get across mm -hmm. with regards to medicine and the manufacturing and all that stuff and even um nicodemus towards the end he's like oh we, we should have found like a natural way all that kind of stuff like there's probably something he wanted to say and mm. he didn't get a chance to and we get all of these other like higher ups and execs within the company and it felt like a lot that could have been done and then it just all collapses cleanly in like one panel where it's like oh i have this memo and you know it got sent out and every we've dissolved everything you also have, you can say that with the lens of the opioid epidemic in your mind, you know, um, whereas 2006, I don't think that really would have been at the forefront. I'm, I'm sure he's kind of, you know, poking at those kind of themes there. Yeah. Um, but like, if you, if you wrote the same story now, I'm sure that gets, you know, addressed heavily. Um, just yeah. like the, the criminal nature of, you know, pharmaceutical companies for sure. Yeah that would be a different that would be a different book in yeah, like yeah. like now and in 2020 
2020s. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just the fact that it's, it's, you know, it's also a mini series. So there was only so much uh, space available. I, I, I wonder, I wonder if Vaughn had seven issues in them. Bro, he, easy. It's 10 issues. You think? I could see that. I would like to see more of this strange. Like in, in Death of Doctor Strange, the most recent Doctor Strange event, we get a little bit of this character. He kind of shows up in this, this version, which they play around with a bit. Um, but like, uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, comic book Doctor Strange is just magic Tony Stark at some points. Like, so I, I totally agree with that. I really love to the surprise of no one, the way that Doctor Strange was ca- was characterized by Jonathan Hickman during uh, New Avengers oh, you like Hickman? And, and that stuff. Yeah, big shot. <laughs> uh, but even even in Bendis's New Avengers, you know, Bendis doesn't get a lot of credit for the way that Doctor Strange would go on to be used. But I think throughout all of that stuff, you see the picture of a character who not even at this point because of hubris, but just because of the fact that he's been post-human for so long, Mm -hmm. who sits above everybody. He's literally not on the same plane of existence as you, but he looks like you. And I like that version of Doctor Strange who's above it. You know what I'm saying? And just not even arrogant, just doesn't even have human emotion like that. Um, I like the version of Doctor Strange who feels like he's the one who can stop the incursions, you know, during New Avengers. Mm. Um, That version feels distinct within the MCU. There are no other characters like that. The version of Doctor Strange that is Tony Stark, which is sort of similar to this one, that version of Doctor Strange, there are a few characters like that. So I feel like he loses his identity and his uniqueness whenever they put him in situations that are beneath him. You, um, it, it sounds something familiar to how you like the characterization for, for Dream, for Morpheus, because right. you, you had that yeah. actual separation of humanity. You know, you could you could see that that character was on an actual other plane of existence and behaved as such. Um, yeah, I I I dig that. That sounds cool. That sounds like a different aspect to you know a a snarky, sometimes you know self absorbed Doctor Strange. That would be an interesting way to to view him and characterize him. Is that in the that a new Avengers run? Yeah. So so. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Hickman deals with aspects of that, uh, especially which I, I I thought I think we read for a book club, but it was it was a few years ago now. But uh, you know his his sort of taking on even like demonic forces, which you see them showing a, a, a version of in the trailers for Doctor Strange. You see him like taking on these demons and stuff like that. Like that's the stuff he's willing to do and sacrifice his humanity uh, to save Earth. Um, that's just the version I like. That's the version I prefer. I don't know. I kind of like uh, Vincent Price, Doctor Strange. He's got a there's a soft spot in my heart for for that kind of iteration of the character. That's fair. I think it's yeah. cool that there are different, uh, yeah. you know, valid versions. No one talks about this, but Doctor Strange is malleable. 
Like for sure. This is this is cool. This like whatever you think about the story, whatever I think about the story, I think this version of Doctor Strange is interesting. I wouldn't be mad if there was another volume, like you said, Tyler. I mean, also if we're doing modern modern day BKV and Marcus Martin, I'll take they could do a night nurse miniseries and I'll still read that, you know, like <laughs> it's a creative yeah, team. They could I'll do follow a, a Nico Divas. Yeah. Oh maybe, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say, have, have Dave Chappelle write it, but he's in hot water, too, so maybe not. I think if Dave Chappelle wanted to write a comic book, Marvel would just, they would just, they would just bring the Brinks truck <laughs> with money. They wouldn't talk about the money. They would just pay him all of it. And whatever the script was, was fine. They, gotta, they, they have a space on the, uh, the X-Men desk, so, you know, might as well. Yeah. Hmm. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm sure he could write the shit out of Black Panther. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, okay, I'll do a mini on that. that he's be been to Africa. He's he did. He's he there did for a while. Time. Yeah, I know Wakanda's not Africa, but listen, dude was on you the know? the Black Panther diet too. You saw when he was done with that, he was fucking swole as shit. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know how we You're got from Doctor Strange to Dave. Yeah, Chappelle. right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I mean, I do you guys have any any closing thoughts? I think we we've, we're kind of good here. I mean, I've kind of said the. It's five issues. It's not sagas. What fifty issues that we read earlier? Um, <laughs> it. This is good. This is um, a fun book. I think it's not without its flaws. Um, it is a, as we've said, a version of Doctor Strange that is interesting to see. Provides you that perspective if you're not familiar with the character, or if you are, additional perspective. Um, because we've been reading, or at least because I've been reading the current Strange series. Death of Doctor Strange I had a lot of fun with. Jed McKay's on that right now, and it's been really good. This is a welcome breath of fresh air because it's different. It's different, but the same character, and that's nice to be able to see over time alongside two creators that I really, really enjoy, and uh, their iteration is is fun. At the end of the day, is fun and is something that you should probably check out, whether or not the characterization is something you're familiar with. Um. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's fun. I think it's a very easy to read, easy to follow story that gives you everything you need to know about Doctor Strange. If you're wanting something to read to go into Multiverse of Madness, I would say that this probably doesn't thematically link, but as a general picture of Doctor Strange, this is absolutely perfect for that um it's not the deepest story it doesn't go as far as i would like it to go in any direction at all uh i don't think anything really reaches the heights that it could have and i think that brian k vaughn of 2022 would write this very differently and i think that that would be a product that i would enjoy a lot more which is a credit to him because he's gotten a lot better i just think that this is something that he could have tackled better now as a Doctor Strange story, I think this is a must-read. Um, I'm glad I read it because it was a gap, but I don't feel like I got anything tremendous out of this. But I enjoyed it. It's fun. Yeah, I think it's like a, I think it's a fair and fun, like a gift book. Does that make sense? Yes, like, I would give oh, this to people. You went, you went to your, the movies with your friend. You saw Multiverse of Badness, and like you know, he doesn't read comics, or you know he they she don't read comics but they're interested it's like a good 
like a, a baby's first Doctor Strange book. You know what I mean? Like something that anyone can really read, and I think anyone can really enjoy. I, I don't. I can't see anyone not really enjoying this. Um, it's maybe not loving it, but like it's it's a really good, solid, fun book. Yeah. And Kale. Oh. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. Great stuff, Kale. It's really Kale is great. This episode. <laughs> so pleasant. Yeah, yeah, verbose not, and somehow concise. Yeah, <laughs> not cranky either. It was pretty surprising. Remarkable. Yeah. I do got to say before, before we close out. Before we close out, mm-hmm. why do they keep wanting to pour the cure for cancer in the in the drain? Why do they hit the water supply? Like I feel like there's <laughs> there's another way to destroy that besides just the. It's not. I mean, I guess maybe the analogy there is you know pills down the drain. You know, but mm-hmm. I, I had an issue with that. I was like, all right. I guess the alligators are going to be perfectly good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Get in the water supply. We drink that. Yeah. Morlocks could come- be great after that. Oh. Wait, what would oh. happen with the Morlocks? Hold what on. would happen? Somebody, somebody should have picked up on that. Yeah, Morlocks got uh, healed or something like that. Well, know. mutations aren't diseases, guys. Let's not be mm-hmm. uh, phobic. Yeah, it's true. That's true and fair. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. Keep, keeping us in check. I appreciate that. You got it. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the book club. That's the mm-hmm. first, it's the last normal book club of comics pals 1.0. Is that 2.0? I, I guess would, I guess I'd be 2.0. Yeah, 2.0. So yeah. I guess 2.5 is coming up, uh, for the, for the book club. <laughs> and a little more, a little more, uh, listener viewer engagement and a uh, choice. Don't, don't hurt us guys. That's all I'm going to say. Don't. <laughs> Do, do do we should we say that we hold the the final decision rights on yes. like you can suggest but you know we'll, I mean we'll yeah if, if the they're saying go. yeah if they're saying read uh, I don't know Sonic the Hedgehog from 1995 I would say yes but I'm sure you guys would be like no I'm not going to read that I'm not doing a book club on that wait For, I, I hear that Sonic the Hedgehog stuff is actually pretty good yeah there's like genocidal war in Sonic the Hedgehog comics yeah, it's wild it's man wild. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll read a Sonic the Hedgehog comic. What I'm not going to read is like uh, Cerebus, which is like a thousand issues or whatever the hell. Oh, you mean I'm not going to read something like that. I mean, you could see somebody's slow decline into becoming an incel if you read Cerebus. <laughs> I could see that if I go to 4chan. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's true. It's a quick decline there, though. Um, so, uh, Kale, where can people find you? Okay. Wow. Hmm. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, was that uh, at Toto and Toe on Instagram and, and Twitter? Okay, thanks, thanks, Cal. Good job, uh, Marco. Where can people? Uh, you see? can follow me at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I like Doctor Strange. This is this is good, and so has the current series. So if you're interested in more, come find me. Come talk to me and read Death of Doctor Strange and Strange at the moment. Strange, as Sean Sean said. Strange. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Sean, you got anything? I also love Doctor Strange. Can't wait for Multiverse of Madness. I think that movie is going to be phenomenal. Please do not spoil it for me. I, there's stuff already floating around that I really I don't want to talk it. about or see. So please be a cool person and don't spoil for anybody. Let's try to look out for each other with this one. We didn't, we didn't look out for each other with Spider-Man. And I'm a factor. I know. I know. But let's do it right with Doctor Strange, please. Please and thank you. Peace and love. Thank you. 
and for me, you can follow me at the Tyler Olson on Instagram and Twitter. And I don't know what to talk about. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just waiting for some uh, ride footage from the, this new Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster to come out. Um, apparently, Terry Crews is a Nova Corps member in this ride. What? That feels right. Um, so I was like, all right, yeah, I'm kind of interested. I want to see what a what a James Gunn written Terry Crews Nova Corps member is like. So that's funny. Uh, I'm pretty excited for that uh, because I think it's still in continuity. So technically, Terry uh, Terry Crews has his MCO, MCU role. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. There you go. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see you next time for the uh, the book club. It'll be a little different, but we'll see you. Take care, guys. What's the catfish kill? See you next month. There we go.